If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might believe that there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories, from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it might just become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and this is The Truth Hurts. We are currently in a war. But the war we currently face is not fought with bombs or airplanes, warships, submarines, or tanks. It doesn't use Army, Navy, or Air Force. The war we are currently involved in is fought in the minds and in the hearts of Americans like you and me. This war is not a civil war in the sense of North versus South, East versus West. This war is waged in the psyche of a nation, pitting the so-called haves against the so-called have-nots. The majority against the minorities, the rich against the poor, the old against the young. And of course it's fought by political affiliation. This war did not just start either. It's been decades in the making, looking for the perfect set of circumstances to set into action. And when that perfect set of circumstances is not quite enough, they add their own manufactured additional elements to the mix. This war is a biological and psychological war, blended with a culture and race war, perfectly orchestrated by one group of people with a willing media and entertainment group backing them, using the technology that they've handed to you as the grenade of your times, using well-directed photo opportunities to set the stage in the backgrounds, and the constant drilling of false narratives deep into the brains of all the participants like the psychological brainwashing of individual troops and implementation of trigger words to send them into action that you've seen on many thriller movies. This one's better than any box office thriller though, more toxic than any propaganda training video, and much more lethal than even they had hoped for. This war involves tearing apart the American dream from the inside pitting neighbor against neighbor while stealing all the wealth this nation has managed to accumulate. They were doing this to us under the guise of hope and change for eight years, while sending our tax dollars to the mullahs in the Middle East, while lining their own pockets in the forms of fake charity organizations like the Clinton Foundation, the Obama Foundation, and others. And hell, they even used some legitimate charities while putting their own people in positions of power within those organizations. They made backroom deals knowing that their willing media accomplices would turn a blind eye. And they were getting away with it, while filling the American people's minds with lies and eroding the very freedoms we all enjoyed. They put technology at your fingertips, with GPS locators in every cell phone, microphones and cameras that you thought were secure, private, and turned off. But remember, they programmed the technology, and they're able to hear every single word. Sure, you can deny it, but how else do you explain the programming of Siri or 
Google or Echo, who can hear every word you say so that those technologies know when you say, Hey Google or Hey Siri. You see, the program has to be listening to every word you say in order for it to be able to hear when you say their trigger name. And if the programs are listening, you know damned well they're also recording. The new technology knows when you're talking about one topic. That's how that topic seems to magically appear in your news feeds, or in advertising, or in video suggestions. This is how they plant the seeds of hatred, bigotry, envy, and of course, anarchy into the American population. If you speak about conservative values to your friends and co-workers, your phone, your Amazon or Google Dot, your Echo, is listening. They record this. First, they try to manipulate you by feeding you anti-conservative messages to convince you that you are wrong. If you dig in, delete those messages, or reply in a negative way, they're keeping tabs on you. Deep state organizations collect data on every American and use their massive computer networks and the cloud to classify each person into a subgroup that they can pit one against another in their new found war. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z. Of course they do these things, recording and storing and monitoring every word and every action that you take in the name of safety and security, so that the sheeple will simply comply and embrace the new technology with open arms, and, unfortunately, with open mouths. With a camera on every street corner, and in the corner of virtually every room of every public building, and, of course, the one you carry on you 24-7, your cell phone, With the mandate for a change from analog to digital television, they're watching, they're listening. Now you can say, oh, Steve Z is caught in a conspiracy theory, but any device that can show you a picture can also take your picture. Any speaker that can broadcast a sound to you can be used as a microphone. And I know this to be a fact, because back in broadcasting school, way back when, we actually turned a set of headphones into a microphone. I did it as a child, actually. I took a set of headphones and put them into the microphone jack of an old cassette recorder and shouted loudly into the speaker of that headphone, and it recorded my voice, although in a lower quality. But remember, technology has advanced so much in the past 20 years. Just remember that the camera and microphone in your laptop, your desktop, your tablet, and your smartphone can see and hear everything you say and do. They don't have to imagine it. I said earlier they were getting away with it. Well, they were until the people started to wake up and realize what was happening to them. They started to see the socialization of America in the form of 
free cell phones to certain groups of people. Then they began to see the process of socialization in America in the form of mandated government health care and forced vaccinations. They saw the liberalization of America in our school systems, forcing socialistic and communistic values on our young people. They saw the forcing of class warfare upon students. They used their willing partners in the media to program people's minds into hating success, despising profit, and riling against ownership of property. They did this by programming the very television shows, the sitcoms, the medical shows, the talk shows, the dramas, and of course the movies, to program into the brains of the audiences they gear those programs to, to talk about topics they want those groups to see. They do this so they can segment the population into convenient little blocks of viewers Viewers whom they target with programming itself as well as advertising to sell the products and services they want those specifically targeted audiences to buy. Think about it. Mostly unemployed, uneducated, and undereducated people are not out working at a job at three in the afternoon. So they run programs like the People's Court or Judge Judy where people are fed a steady diet of sue him, sue her, sue this company, sue that one. After all, you should be entitled to get yours. And who advertises on these court shows? Why, it's those crazy TV lawyers. Did you get a hangnail from this product or a tummy ache from that one? Call me and I will sue those big evil companies. Sound familiar? They've segregated entire races by introducing BET, Univision, gay TV, country music television, and other networks, and they've targeted programming and advertising to those segregated groups of viewers in order to further divide and conquer America one program at a time. They have for decades managed to portray the straight white Christian male as a moron on every television show while making sure to place a strong minority or gay carrier character in a position of wisdom, power, and authority. They did so not only to make those groups of people feel like they are normal, but they did so to make those groups of minorities feel empowered and to further degrade the nuclear, two-parent, mommy-and-daddy household. After all, they tried to promote it takes a village to raise a child ever since the Clintons took office. They began the campaign to legalize drugs, to reduce criminal sentences, and to make illegal action speeches that they consider politically incorrect. They began importing millions of Hispanic minorities illegally across the southern border, encouraging them to vote Democrat, of course, and the nation was told that to oppose the allowing of those people to come across would be wrong and insensitive. Good morning, everyone. It's June 30th, 2020, the midway point in the year that I wish we could go back and erase. 
This is the Truth Hurts program, and I want you to strap yourselves in today, kids, because it's going to be a longer ride than you are accustomed to. You might want to hydrate and even get some snacks ready. And you don't want to be distracted, because today's program is about the ugly truth they don't want you to realize. And while they spent time silently, secretly dividing and conquering, they began the process of vilifying anyone who opposed anything out of the norm. Homosexuality, interracial marriage, drug use, and of course, their hero, the first black president. A president, by the way, who sealed his own personal records, his college transcripts, and all records of his questionable birth origin, his legal name, and of course, silencing anyone who came forward to say that they never saw or even heard of him being on the campus of the university from which he claims to have graduated. You see, the people finally started to wake up at the end of the last presidential administration. Every attempt to show the prior president's motives were shut down by the media, and every single one of the things that the president was accused of was simply swept under the rug or conveniently sealed by either the courts or the president himself. No one did anything about it. They brushed aside any mention of the massive importation of illegal immigrants, and when it was too overwhelming to continue to hide, they turned it into a human rights issue, making anyone who opposed the massive invasion out to be uncaring, unfeeling, and evil. They chose to not tell you that Obama actually funded a $3.7 million government grant to the very Wuhan China laboratory that was performing experiments on bats from the caves where the coronavirus strain is believed to have originated. This was revealed in the dailynews.com website, but it was silenced in the mainstream media. I'll repeat that. This was revealed in the dailymailnews.com website, but it was quietly eliminated from the mainstream media. This is also the president who left hundreds of millions of dollars on the tarmac of a Middle Eastern nation's airfield, and no one questioned it. Like I said, the people saw what was coming. Even more sinister than the last president, the deep state organization itself pushed aside tradition, a tradition that would have placed the vice president of a so-called successful administration into the role of the presumptive Democrat candidate so as to continue that administration's programs. But the deep state had other ideas. Instead of allowing Joe Biden to succeed to the presidency behind Barack Obama, the deep state floated a candidate in Hillary Clinton to be their heir apparent, to run the nation into the era of true socialism. They were not counting on Donald Trump to be her challenger. They were hoping to get a challenger that would be easily manipulated, some senator or governor, one they had a mountain of dirt on so they could smear that dirt at the proper time in order to ensure Clinton's rise to the presidency. Again, they did not count on Donald Trump. A true outsider, a man with so, money, so much money that he couldn't be bought. And when Trump ran and won, it threw a monkey wrench into their plans. For Trump began to tear down the system they were putting into place. He began a process to halt illegal immigration, the train that was padding the numbers for the opposition political party. 
He talked about building a wall, and of course, they fought him at every turn. Trump began to turn out the most impressive, most positive economic numbers the nation had seen in many decades, and they hated him for it. After all, how could you continue to control the low-income and minority communities when they were actually starting to realize better incomes under a president that you taught them to hate? How can you control them when they see their own brothers and sisters waking up and seeing real hope and real change and real economic prosperity? The deep state, still licking their wounds over the loss by Clinton, had to develop a way to make the Trump presidency look bad. Of course they tried Russian collusion. When that was proven to be false, they tried fake FISA court filings and coercion against Trump's allies and cabinet members. They tried to accuse Trump-appointed Supreme Court justice candidate of sexual misconduct. And then they tried to nail Trump on Ukrainian meddling. All of these things, of course, turned out to be false. The people were starting to wake up and realize just what was happening in America and just what was happening to them. The bad actors who brought up the false allegations were getting ready to be put on trial, some for treason. So the deep state had to find or to manufacture something to get your mind off of reality. The proverbial shit was getting ready to hit the fan. You're not going to like hearing this. After all, the truth hurts. Remember that I told you about the government grant Obama sent to the Wuhan, China laboratory at the end of his term. The research at that facility was to develop a worldwide viral pandemic waiting to be released and revealed by a willing media when it was needed. And it turned out that it was needed on the very day that the Democrat Congress's attempt to impeach President Trump began to unravel and on the very day that the Senate acquitted him of the charges. Convenient much? Multiple coup attempts having failed, they had to find another way to defeat this popular president. A president with the highest minority employment participation rate in the history of the nation. A president with the lowest overall unemployment numbers in 60 years. A president with the lowest minority unemployment numbers ever recorded. A president who was uncovering the truth about multiple coup attempts, the silent takeover attempts, and was on the precipice of revealing the names and motives behind the people actually committing treason against the United States of America. Yes, folks, it was all beginning to unravel for the deep state. So in a last-ditch effort, they unleashed a beast. A global pandemic scare directly descended from the very Wuhan China laboratory funded by Obama's government grant, the Wuhan China Novel Coronavirus of 2019. Of course, they and their willing media accomplices debunked any and all reports claiming that this was a manufactured pandemic, and they denied it in the name of conspiracy theories by wackos. But you see, the truth, like cream, has a way of rising to the top. 
And they, the media and the deep state, they began to panic. So they had to change the name of the virus. In order to stave off the conspiracy theories about its origin, they renamed it COVID-19. Then, in a systematic manner, they inflated mortality numbers, changing actual influenza deaths to be included as COVID deaths, claiming that murder victims and people in car accidents who died actually died of coronavirus. People in stage 4 cancer final care hospice facilities were suddenly listed as COVID-related deaths. And when even those inflated numbers were not enough to increase the shutdown of our economy, and these facts started to be revealed, they unleashed a plan so sinister that even classic horror film directors would shudder. He says out loud exactly what you are thinking. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. When the numbers of actual deaths from COVID-19 were revealed to be at a much lower percentage than that of even the seasonal flu, they had to do something to continue this horrible, horrific farce upon the American people. They unleashed a plan so sinister that it makes your blood boil. They enacted state and local mandates to move elderly patients who had tested positive for COVID-19 into nursing homes and senior care facilities. They placed these people who had COVID-19 directly into the most vulnerable population for the sole purpose of inflating the death toll from their manufactured virus. It was genocide on a massive scale. The destruction of the elderly population who, of course, are mainly conservative in their political views. What a better way to control the vote. They needed the death toll to be higher in order to achieve their goal of ruining the economy and in the process, making the sitting president unpalatable as a choice for re-election. They used the overreported, overhyped COVID-19 virus to accomplish several things. Number one, create a false narrative that forces people to remain in their homes in fear while force-feeding them depressing stories about death and depression and a dim economic future caused by their president. Keep them away from community, from worship, from parties, from gatherings, where they can openly talk about their fear, that this was, indeed, all by design. The narrative is to keep them away from their faith, their family, and, of course, their jobs. Number two. Create a narrative that people will not feel safe to go out and vote in the 2020 elections. Push hard for mail-in voting processes where they can stuff the ballot boxes with as many votes for their side as they think necessary. You think I'm kidding? Philadelphia judge of elections, Dominic DeMuro, was actually caught doing just that. Stuffing the ballot boxes with Democrat votes in the primaries. Number three shut down the economy by forcing the closure of businesses that they deem to be non-essential. Remember, when you shut down an economy, people, especially lower-income people, like the minorities that had finally found employment under President Trump, you wipe out their jobs 
and throw them back into the role of a government dependent. Number four, develop a plan to pay those newly unemployed people more money each week to stay home than they were making while they had jobs. Fund the payments by simply printing more money and throw away all the market gains realized under the first three years of the Trump administration. Of course, when you shut down the economy for a virus, a virus that proved to be far less deadly than they hyped it to be, you begin to sow the seeds of doubt as to the success and ability of the president in charge, especially when your willing media partners constantly and continuously show you the poor economic numbers. Sorry if you are offended, but the truth hurts. Here's your host, Steve Z. With the help of their media partners, they develop story after story against the president's response to COVID-19. They blame the president for failure to prepare for, plan for, or supply for the pandemic. They quietly hid their presidential candidate away from the media spotlight, keeping him from holding rallies so that the people would not see that Biden, the former vice president, was ailing, flailing, and indeed failing. He can't remember where he is from day to day, can't remember that he's running for president or senate, can't even string together two coherent sentences, and certainly cannot be trusted to answer a question without erupting into an outburst or a threat of physical confrontation. After all, they can't have the people see that their Democrat candidate is inept, incapable, and incoherent. It would put their overall plan in jeopardy. Remember, the overall plan, as I spelled out in a previous episode, is to put Biden into the White House, and then after 90 days in office, they'll call him incompetent and say he's developing senility and replace him with the presumptive choice of a female minority vice president. That's their plan. So if they put Joe Biden out there now and allow the people to see what a bumbling, stumbling, fumbling idiot he really is, no one will vote for him. What the media and the deep state failed to see was that the people are actually smarter than they give them credit for. People researched facts, and when it was found out that certain governors of certain opposition party affiliation were actually shipping off grandmas and grandpas to their deaths in nursing homes, and that the president actually did well above his mandate by providing ventilators and respirators to states that failed to do so for their own residents, that that president provided federal funding and invoked the Presidential Production Act to get supplies to those states. The media and the opposing party had to develop a diversion to take the attention away from the fact that the president was succeeding in battling the COVID-19 virus, especially in those states and cities where the governors and mayors had certainly failed. The president, a man who was accused of not responding properly to the pandemic, actually had responded. He had initially shut down travel from China and from other nations where the virus had spread wildly. He ordered production of needed equipment and supplies to be sent to the states where governors failed to have them ready, those governors knowing for decades that something like this could happen. 
He ordered two massive Navy hospital ships and the construction of temporary hospitals. But it turned out they weren't needed. Why? Because the media overhyped the virus. And the people were starting to realize it. They were starting to realize that the virus was not as deadly as they were told, and that it only affected the elderly. Even with the media campaigns aimed at young people, you know, stay home, don't kill grandma, the people were starting to wake up. And when some of the media let slip the fact that New York's governor sent thousands of those grandmas and grandpas to their deaths by his executive order, the very man that they were grooming to step in and take the place of Joe Biden as the candidate for president, to keep Joe Biden from slipping and sliding and stuttering, that man and the hopes of that man, Andrew Cuomo, to be the stepped-in presidential candidate was gone. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program. Here is your host, Steve Z. So here's what you end up with. A sitting president who was succeeding, who improved the economy to record highs while being the first president to actually include minorities in the succeeding economy. A president who openly welcomed LGBTQIA persons, who actually began to turn the nation back to being self-sufficient in energy, manufacturing, and economic independence. Or... You can choose between a bumbling, stumbling, mumbling, senile old man who likes to sniff hair and touch little girls on their chests and the genocide-causing governor of New York. That's pretty much the choice you have. An embattled president who has been vilified and manipulated by the media and all of his accomplishments swept under the rug, or a stumbling former vice president who doesn't know what day it is or the other choice that would have been the grandma grandpa murderer governor of New York so let's review so we're all caught up because it's a long program the Wuhan China novel coronavirus was developed in the very laboratory that former president Barack Hussein Obama funded with your tax dollars There were multiple failed attempts to remove President Donald Trump by the Democrat and deep state operatives. And those were Stormy Daniels, hookers on hotel beds, Russian collusion, FISA court warrants, and the Ukraine influence peddling. All proven to be false. The media that tried to smear Trump over the Stormy Daniels incident was the same media that gave Bill Clinton a pass on cigars and sexual relationships with barely legal interns. The Russian collusion three-year investigation by the FBI and other government investigation agencies proved, proved Trump's innocence. The Ukraine accusations against the president were proven false in his impeachment acquittal in the United States Senate. The FISA court abuses, the actions of deep state operatives, is currently being investigated with some of the bad actors being brought to trial at a convenient period of time where only COVID-19 
and George Floyd protests are being shoved down your throats in the media. The video proof of Ukrainian meddling by former Vice President Joe Biden, where he openly bragged on video about extortion, where he laughed and threatened to withhold one billion U.S. taxpayer dollars from the Ukraine if the Ukrainian president didn't fire the prosecutor who was investigating Biden's own son and his illegal dealings with Burisma, the Ukraine gas company, were conveniently kept out of the media. The deep state, the Democrats, and their willing partners in the media had to find stories to divert your attention away from these facts. After all, they cannot have the people know the facts that the people directly involved in the false impeachment process against Trump were going on trial for treason. They cannot have the people learn the facts about their vice president guy candidate being directly involved in the extortion in the Ukraine. When the people started to see that the president did in fact properly respond to COVID-19's pandemic, that he did what the governors failed to do, that his policies and his programs had indeed flattened the curve and lowered the death toll. And when the people started to see what the New York governor did to those grannies and grandpas, the media had to find another way to divert your attention away from the truth. That diversion, of course, came at the death of a multiple-time convicted repeat offender felon being arrested while in custody of a police officer. The death of a criminal in poor health that may or may not have been caused by that police officer's restraining the suspect was blasted on every network and a narrative was created that all white cops were out every day hunting to kill innocent black men and that the problem was systemic, nationwide, and orchestrated by cops against black people. It turns out that the cop and the criminal knew one another, both having worked together at a nightclub, both with a history of confrontation, and yet the media chose to bury that fact. After all, it sells more headlines and causes more riots when you call it a systemically, racially motivated attack. This, of course, fueled protests and riots, and in the cities where these riots occurred, the Democrat mayors called upon the police to simply stand down, step aside, and allow the destruction and violence to occur, which only emboldened the mobs. With the help of the deep state, hundreds of thousands of rioters were treated to pre-printed t-shirts, masks, and signs, all miraculously in the same font and typeface, coincidentally and they were treated to pallets of well-placed bricks and projectiles and lots of glass bottles. You know, in an era where most beverages come in plastic bottles, there's an awful lot of glass breaking. You see, the goal of the orchestrated protests is to further divide America along racial lines, but to also include the well-indoctrinated white youth, many of whom were employed six months prior, perhaps in their first jobs ever, and now found themselves suddenly unemployed because of the COVID virus. Convenient and fortunate for them, the deep state was providing an income to them all in the form of increased unemployment benefits, up to 600 additional dollars per week. And with pockets full of money and riot supplies provided at no cost, 
along with their liberal education indoctrination against capitalism and against authority and against America in general, these young idiots and these minorities were being paid to protest, remunerated to riot, compensated to crash the system. are listening to the Truth Hurts program. The opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. As if the media-driven civil unrest was not enough, the violent anti-government terrorist organization Antifa was allowed to infiltrate and operate the riots and protests, along with the BLM movement, oftentimes instigating escalated violence directly against law enforcement officers and innocent bystanders. Those officers were told to stand down and allow the destruction to occur and to escalate. Democrat mayors and governors, complicit in this plan, in this plot, ordered their officers to sit by and watch small businesses be destroyed and looted and vandalized and burned. They were ordered to stand by and watch innocent people be beaten, robbed, carjacked, and assaulted. One woman called 911 to say that they were trying to crash into her car and assault her, and they told her, just try to run away. We've been told to stand down. Democrat mayors and governors told police officers to simply stand by and watch as entire city blocks are taken over by rioters. The media is conveniently there to film any cop who responds and would report that the cop was being a bad guy. Of course, while all this is going on, the rioters, the looters, protesters, they've all demanded that police be defunded, dismantled, and dismissed completely from orderly society. And complicit Democrat politicians have actually begun the systematic actions required to end cops, all in accordance with the deep state's agenda. The entire process and program is spelled out in Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals. It's a playbook on how to destroy America from within, yet most Americans have never even heard of it. And that, of course, is by design. Rioters in Washington, D.C. tried to infiltrate the White House. Days later, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser called for the removal of the White House fence. When President Trump said he would authorize the U.S. military to restore law and order, Congressman Adam Schiff, the man behind the failed impeachment attempt of President Trump, introduced House Bill H.R. 7297 to amend Title 18 of the U.S. Code and prohibit the use of armed forces under the jurisdiction of the secretaries of the military branches in executing any laws or used as a posse or for any other purposes. He, for all intents and purposes, introduced legislation to usurp the powers of the executive branch in order to prevent the president from carrying out his duties as the chief law enforcement officer of the nation. Of course, this is all designed to continue until weeks before the election. Willing Media began a puppet campaign where they continue to highlight the civil unrest and the riots while blaming the president for losing control of the nation. 
Meanwhile, Democrat mayors and governors, in lockstep with their deep state shadow leadership, continue to fan the flames of the firestorm for the purpose of diverting your attention from the many things going on behind the scenes. That attention diversion is so that you don't know what's going on. While all of the riots and COVID-19 garbage is going on in the media, Attorney General Barr appointed U.S. attorneys to look into the actual Ukraine dealings of Joe Biden and his son. You know, that hidden truth where Biden threatened to hold back a billion dollars in U.S. aid to the Ukraine if the former Ukraine president didn't fire the prosecutor investigating his son? That, my friends, is treason. This diversion is also intended to keep you from watching, listening to, and understanding that Attorney General Barr's investigation into Obama administration's use of the FISA courts to spy on the Trump transition team during the change of power is also an act of treason. This diversion is there so that you won't know about the evidence that's coming out against Biden and Obama, along with their deep state operatives, the collusion to frame the former National Security Advisor, General Michael Flynn, a decorated war hero. They used the COVID-19 pandemic to halt grand jury proceedings that would have forced potential subpoenaed witnesses to testify. James Clapper, when asked if he would testify, said, quote, I'd be happy to after I've been vaccinated for COVID-19, knowing full well there's no vaccine available, and one will probably not likely be developed, tested, and approved until, you guessed it, right after the November elections. Just ask Dr. Anthony Fauci. Remember, the vaccine will either miraculously be available if a Democrat is elected, or will be at least four years away if Trump gets reelected. How convenient. The diversion is also to call your attention away from the fact that many groups have called for term limits for Congress. Term limits should be at the very forefront of every newscast. But of course the media and their willing accomplices on the liberal side pick and choose what stories they want you to see. This is Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. You're always reminded to follow the money. When the nation's entire wealth is being drained due to an economic shutdown caused by a manufactured virus, someone is getting rich. Explain to me how a congressperson whose paycheck is 174000 a year, living in one of the most expensive cities in America, Washington, D.C., can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. How a community organizer who claimed to make less than 50000 a year in Chicago or a bankrupt Arkansas governor can come out of the presidency both worth hundreds of millions of dollars. How does a former vice president, former senator, 
be worth tens of millions of dollars. These people are stealing the wealth of America right out from under your noses as they push a radical agenda and false narratives upon you, all of you. And you won't see what they're doing behind the scenes because their media partners have your attention completely diverted on television, radio, and the internet. They introduce more potent drugs to the poor, forcing them to commit crimes in order to get more drugs. Then they tell you that the drug users are the problem, while they tell the drug users that you are the problem. They tell the cops that the bad guys are the problem, then they turn the cops into the bad guys. They're playing you like chess pieces, pawns. They make up wars, they make billions in military contracts while sending the poor into battles to die for useless causes that enrich them and kill the poor. They themselves heavily invest in the companies that provide the weapons, and yet they won't send their own children into battle. They tell the rioters that it's okay to burn down one neighborhood, but don't dare allow them to protest in their neighborhoods. They tell you that you cannot own a gun to protect yourself, yet they themselves are protected by men's with, men with guns 24-7. They do all of this while keeping you in the dark about the real enemy, them. They and their willing accomplices, their partners in the mainstream media, are intentionally diverting your attention away from them. They're concentrating your attention on a virus and a riot to keep you at home, to keep you in fear, to keep you from going out and counter-protesting, and of course to keep you from voting for who you know can once again make America great. And in our last segment today, the last segment for the first half of June 2020, at least this broadcast, I want to share with you another story. If you think you're not being watched, if you think you're not being tracked, if you think you're not being spied upon, think again. Many Americans recently reported strange anomalies and glitches in their cell phone service. Some wrote it off as system maintenance or updates or an increased usage in bandwidth because COVID-19 is keeping so many people at home and off the hardline networks. But we know better. What you may or may not know is that the U.S. government mandated all cell phone carriers push an update to your cell phone in the name of safety and security in order to track COVID-19 patients. Remember when you got your phone? You provided your name, address, social security number, and a host of other information to your cell phone provider? Remember when you agreed to the terms and conditions of service? You agreed to have them track you, as if you didn't already know that they can and do track you. As a side note, all of those users of the free Obama phones, you can bet your ass they've been tracking those phones since day one. After all, they control the bill on those phones, so they probably made it so... You can't disable the tracking. At least not the tracking they embedded deeply into the software. So for your listening pleasure, if you have an iPhone, I want you to go into your settings and then privacy and then help. You'll see it. It's right there. If you have an Android, go to your settings, then Google settings. Voila, there it is right at the top. COVID-19 notifications and tracking. 
But we all know this is much more than COVID tracking. You folks may not have had your microchips embedded under your skin yet with the COVID virus vaccine, but you can know that they are tracking you and your every movement. And you thought the guys in the tinfoil hats were crazy. They were enlightened. And this, my friends, is the truth. And as usual, and as always, sometimes the truth heights. And that's about all I have to say on this topic for now. Usually when all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. But it is sometimes the doing that causes more harm than it does good. So go out and make a difference in the world. But whatever you do, make it a positive change, not a negative one. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll see you next time.